What's up guys, Dalton here. Before we hop into this episode of the PT Coffee Cast, I just wanted to touch base with you and say thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Whether this is your first time listening or you've been rocking with us since day one, we appreciate your support. Every like, comment, share, subscribe, whatever it is, truly does mean the world to us and it continues to push us to put out the best possible content for you guys. Before we hop in, I just want to talk to you about our partnership with Physio Network. Physio Network is on a mission to improve physiotherapy standards worldwide. They do this through their research reviews. If you sign up, you'll get 12 research reviews per month in both written and audio form. Articles are selected and appraised by industry experts such as Sandy Hilton, Mary O'Keefe, Tom Goom, um, former PT Coffee Cast guests such as Teddy Wilsey, Sam Spinelli, Jared Hall, Tom Walters, and plenty more. They are clinically relevant and recently published, and they take less than five minutes to read one review, saving you hours of work. This also solves that problem that we all struggle with. How do we stay up to date with the research? Physio Network has you covered. They also give you access to a members-only Facebook group, and you can do quizzes that will get you CEU points. They got it all. If you guys are interested in trying out Physio Network, you can start your seven-day free trial now by using the link in the show notes or our bio on Instagram. This will give you the option to play around, see what you like, do you like listening, do you like reading, and just seeing the amazing content that they give you guys, and then you will join because Physio Network is amazing. We'd love to hear from you guys. If you have signed up for Physio Network, please let us know how your experience has gone. We'd love to hear, and we can pass on that information to them. Also, just so you guys know, we now have a newsletter, so if you want to become part of that, you can also check that out in the show notes. There will be a link there for you to join the Movement Monday. It's an awesome newsletter that we've been putting together for the last month or so, and we've really had great feedback on it, so you guys can check that out. All right, guys, that is all I got. I hope you guys are pumped. Get your coffee ready, brew a nice cup, and enjoy this episode of the PT Coffee Cast. Welcome to the Movement PT Coffee Cast, where we sit down and talk about physical therapy, health, and whatever else comes to mind during our coffee-infused conversations. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Movement PT Coffee Cast. My name is Dalton, and with me, as always, is my beautifully bearded friend, William. William, how are we doing today? I've uh, been better, Dalton. I know, dude. You have a tragic story that like, you dropped just before we ju- jumped on here. So why don't you go ahead and just share that? Well, you know, first off, I'm sorry to say I don't have any coffee right now. <laughs> But uh, I have an excuse, you know, basically what happened was I ran out of AeroPress filters because quarantine. And so I went to try to use my Chemex and I guess, I don't know, maybe I've been doing a little too much lifting because I squeezed the Chemex and it shattered (laughs) and I cut my wrist. Wow. And uh, now I don't have any coffee. That's insane. It's a tragic, this is a tragic story. I mean, I have a similar, I have coffee. I was, I was running out, but I have a cold brew that's been sitting in my fridge for like a year. So I don't know if, I don't know if it's still good. I mean, it tastes good. Shout out workshop cold brew um, for the quality. A year? Wow. Like, yeah, I know. I don't know. This is a, we're pushing the limits, but. How can uh, coffee sit in your fridge for a year? 
it uh it was kind of hanging out in the side behind something and i just found it the other day and i was like oh hey there you go it tastes good still so we'll see how that how i feel at the end of the podcast but um we're uh, we're pumped without even though will doesn't have coffee we're pumped about our episode um we'll bring on our guest now we have cj de palma on the podcast today you may know him as the movement doctor on Instagram, which is also the name of one of the two businesses that he owns. Um, we're super pumped to have him on to talk about, you know, business, the whole experience he's been going through right now with, with uh, the COVID as well as CrossFit related things. So CJ, welcome. What's up? How's it going? I'm trying to get my, there we go. Trying to get my camera normal. So you're not like looking like it's part of my face, but that's good. It's good. Everything. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Uh, attempt, attempt number hundred. I don't know, however many. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I'm um, excited to be on. I love, uh, I love chatting and talk about coffee. I enjoy coffee. Yeah. Do you have coffee right now? I do. I do. I'm always I'm cold brew forever guy. Uh, we have a local place. It's Miss Jones. She sells a concentrate. It's fantastic. Good local business. Super nice people, and sells a bomb ass concentrate cold brew. You just mix with water, however you want to. Everyone you want to take it, it's good. It's a little pricey, but it's super tasty. Nice, man. Yeah. And, and cold brew just hits you different, I think. Like, it just gets you, it just gets you going. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, uh, when I was studying for boards um, back in 2016, I was, like, really horizontal a lot because, like, I just would study and then, like, nap because I can only <laughs> focus so often. So, I and I was still drinking hot. I was, that's, like, when, like, maybe, like, a couple of years into Starbucks – like producing cold brew like mass right and that was like the first mass cold brew there really was like it really like in and i drank that which is terrible but um you know it is what it is and um but i was drinking hot coffee at home and i just started getting super bad heartburn like all as soon as i drink any hot coffee and i can't do it now like even now nothing else gives me heartburn i spicy foods whatever hot coffee i feel like i'm gonna throw up my lungs so um so i just don't do it it's cold brew forever always never it doesn't matter where i'm where i'm at what i'm doing i'm fine some love but, it yep um to kick it off why don't uh why don't you do like a little introduction just just to give some context to the listeners like a little background into into who you are and maybe like sure. a bit of your like pt strength coach journey sure um like i said my name is uh cj de palma i've been practicing since 2016 um i own the movement doctor which is a small private clinic in Pensacola, just a single practitioner. Actually, I lied. We have another clinician now. We have another therapist, that. which is pretty huge for us, I know, um, which is wild. Uh, but I also work for Wad Prep. Wad Prep is a online CrossFit skill development company. And uh, I run the one-on-one -on -one division through that company. Started with a bunch of rehab, and then it kind of shifted to rehab and performance. So we have a couple coaches um, there that I, I manage and help write program with. And then another PT, uh, Doc Will Mills. Um, oh, okay, he cool. works under me uh, at, at with me at Wad Prep as well. And then uh, for the movement doctor, uh, Joe Camerato uh, works as another clinician here and he does purely remote stuff. So I still treat people in person, which has been very obviously weird in the past couple of months. Um, but the majority of what I do is online. So we have probably 15 total athletes remotely um, through the movement doctor. Uh, and then we have like 50 ish through wad prep. 
And um, so I manage directly about 25 um, integrated rehab and performance. Most of the people with Wad Prep now that I work with are performance focused. So they're either very high level um, or they're just not in a good situation for training and they really enjoy one-on-one coaching. Um, and then Will manages all the rehab and then Joe is getting some performance and rehab kind of mixed in and who are coming through the movement doctor funnels. So, so CrossFit is the, um, the primary, I guess, source of most of our business. Um, but my background is from collegiate strength and conditioning, uh, baseball, football, and then it kind of transitioned into CrossFit during PT school. Um, when I started CrossFit. Yeah, I've heard of, I've heard of wad prep before. Like I didn't, I didn't realize you were a part of it. Is it, is it newer? Is it a newer company? in general has it been around for um let's see probably going on four years yeah um and they they just market they just market to a different crowd so our our avatar and our marketplace is like the the athlete who wants to like rx the workout right so like we're teaching strict pull-ups we're teaching kipping pull-ups so we sell programs um for athletes to learn the first program was um called muscle up madness and uh what that does what it was was teach people ring muscle ups that's what it was so it's a very we're targeting a a a lower skilled athlete usually a master's athlete someone a little bit older um and just not you know most young athletes don't want to buy an eight-week course on how to do a muscle up they just want to keep missing until they make one and they make one right (laughs) um so uh so that's kind of so a lot of a, a lot of the younger people won't um usually won't hear about it uh but but it's been around it's pretty big he's got a crazy digital footprint um, you know, a uh, hundred thousand person YouTube channel, a uh, hundred thousand person email list. So, um, so it's a pretty big, it's a pretty big reach, just very, very specific niche that we're focused on as far as who we target. Cool. Yeah. When you got out of PT school, what was the process like? Did you go right into the kind of CrossFit space, uh, performance space? Or like, how did you get to kind of working with that demographic? Yeah. So, um, so while I was in PT school, I was at a really, uh, a really high level box in Miami, um, CrossFit soul. And so, I mean, we had games athletes coming through all the time, you know, soul's been to the games as a team and there's, I mean, tons and tons of regional regional caliber athletes there. So I started working with them. I started training next to them and I was just like this, like little, this little ant, right. Like training next to these, these huge sharks. Right. And so, um, uh, I kind of just started trading services with the owner. I would just like do a little bit of manual work on people, right. For like a dollar a minute or something like that. Right. Like super cheap. Um, and, uh, and just started working with them. Right. Just to like help them train or whatever. And, uh, um, and that's, I kind of of fell into like, I want to work with CrossFitters. Right. Obviously my viewpoint on what working with a CrossFitter looks like then compared to now is drastically different. Um, you know, but, but as soon as I finished school, um, my buddies own a CrossFit gym here in Pensacola. I was in Orlando at the time, uh, which is like six hours apart. I mean, you guys, this geography stuff. I don't know anything about Canada either, so it's fine. Yeah, I would have um, no idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they're like the same state, like six hours apart. Um, and um, Pensacola is where I went to undergrad. My wife is from here, and we had obviously a ton of contacts and uh, a gym that I would always drop into. We came home. Uh, are good friends. And they were like, Hey, do you want to open up a clinic in the gym? And I was like, duh, obviously like what else, what else would I want to do? And so we did, I graduated in August, took 
you know, a month off mentally, studied for boards, passed in October. I worked in Orlando for about a week at um, a, like a mill clinic, couldn't handle it. And I was like, I'm out. And I went to Pensacola and we just figured out how to run a business in like, I wouldn't say overnight by any means, but it took a while, but the business opened and we were still trying to figure out what to do. And as far as like getting into the performance world, it was always kind of um, in me like to do the coaching thing. So I was coaching there. I've always coached. I've always trained athletes and, and strength trained personally. Um, and I had a lot of good mentorship from uh, my early CrossFit years at CrossFit Soul. You know, they produced one of the best programs in there and like, you know, across the board, gymnastics specialists, weightlifting specialists. Um, and so I learned a lot and, and I would think I was able to do that pretty well and make that transition easier. And then as I kind of fell out of the really anything hands-on, it just naturally combined of like my PT is performance modification basically to fit whatever their need is at that time. And so it just kind of created that. And then wad prep was technically started at Mako. Ben was there. Um, his wife is a helo pilot. So he was there while she was in school training um, in flight school. And uh, so that was the contact. That's how I met Ben. And I started creating content for him. And, uh, and then we started doing the one-on-one -on -one coaching thing via uh, some athletes had reached out, getting ready for the games, needed some extra help because they had some injuries. They were following another program. And that's kind of how that little, I don't know, that little flower blossomed there. And then it just kind of grew. Yeah, there's, there's a couple things I want to unpack with that because <clears throat> I do want to touch on like you right out of school jumping into like a business and throwing yourself into that and, and kind of navigating that. Before we go there, you mentioned something where like what you thought about how you would serve a CrossFit athlete at the, at the start has changed over time to like where you are now. And I'd be curious to hear like what that difference is. Um, I mean, it's the exact opposite. It's a 180 degree flip. So a lot of PTs, you know, they, they put them, they're put, they put their foot in the CrossFit space as these like, right. Body mechanics and whatever. Right. So, um, you know, it's like basically symptom management, you know, like keep them training really hard and, you know, tune-ups and, and all of this stuff. And, and it's the best way to make money, the best way. Cause you have, you are, I mean, you are charging more than a massage therapist. You're, you have more reach and you hopefully you can help them with some of their actual movements and things like that but you know with the evidence and I was part of clinical athlete early on as a, a young I'm still a young clinician but like right out of school and um, I had a couple couple bouts in there of like I just got my ass ripped by some of the higher ups in there about like the terminology I was using and the focus I had on like working with athletes and what what I thought I was doing and and they showed me the research and I wasn't doing any of it. And I was just like, Oh my God, do I even want to do this anymore? Like I legit almost quit PT because I just felt like I was this, I just didn't know anything. And I still feel like I don't know anything, but like, just like getting ripped on like just the terms like mobility and, and release and posture and movement and all these things that like, I was like, it was in my, my, my slogan when I first started, it was like improving quality of life through posture rehab and movement. Right. And I, like I could shoot myself in the face before I ever said that again. Right. <laughs> and so, um, 
but it was just so interesting. It was just such a big shift in, in, in not as far as like the hands-on. I never really enjoyed a lot of the manual stuff because I just felt, one, I just never felt like I made a lot of change, right? Like we just dig at someone really hard and they feel a little bit better. They go work out and I'm like, man, I bet if they just like grab the barbell for five minutes and start doing this, it'd be the same thing. And, and I, I kind of did that personally, right? Like I was like Mr. Supple Leopard forever, right? I had like, I would like foam roll and floss every joint. Like I had this like flow mixed with like an, an SFMA approach and like all of these things of like, you know, like mobility in this joint, stability in this joint, all this stuff. And, uh, um, and then it just, you know, the evidence just kind of like, you just read and you learn from people and you just realize that, it, that those things might not be that important or important at all. And, and that's how the, the big shift came. And, and since I really didn't like manual personally already, it just kind of flowed into that. So, um, so I just became this like, you know, I don't want to say this movement doctor, that's super cheesy, but, um, uh, but I just focus more on this like mentality and pain education um, and belief centered uh, approach of just, you know, working with either a chronic pain patient or an athlete, the athlete needs training modification. They're doing all the right things, right? Or they're doing all the things they need to be doing, probably just too much of it, or they're not doing enough of it because they're super scared. And then you have your chronic pain patients, your lower level that just probably need to just get up and walk and they'll be okay. Right. So, so I kind of just shifted to that and um, over time and it, it's worked really well. Um, you know, uh, outcomes have been really good. Uh, probably not directly due to me, but because the people that walk in my door are really, really motivated and they have a lot of um, self-reliance already and intrinsic motivation um, when they come in, you know, so um, that's kind of how that, that shift came. Um, and then, you know, you just read more and more evidence and, and you, you know, you kind of just take over this viewpoint of like what we do might not be as important as, as kind of like maybe what we say and, and, and like the, the outlook of the patient on the situation. And when I realized that more and more, it just, it just continued to shift and shift into this like, you know, pain science thing of, of just like mentality and outlook and belief and biopsychosocial and all that kind of stuff. And have you noticed any resistance within the CrossFit community to your approach and like how, what you emphasize? Yeah. Um, initially for sure. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's definitely been like easier as of late, mainly, uh, I, I, I would say it, no one ever really gave me a lot of pushback, um, outside of like the people in my own gym, which was really interesting. Uh, cause the, the owner there's one of my best friends and he was like, I mean, he would, I mean, he would mobilize like 45 minutes a night, super high level athlete. And, uh, you know, we would talk about it all the time and like what the benefits are, what they might not be and those things. And, and, um, you know, instilling this mindset of like graded exposure has been like the best input for pretty much all CrossFit athletes. You related, it's like, Hey, pain, think of pain as like learning to snatch. You wouldn't just start snatching, right. If it was your first time you, and you were, you know, just like you wouldn't just go back to squatting if you were in pain, there's this like progressive approach. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so when you have to be able to like relate to the person in front of you, um, now working with high level athletes and telling them not to mobilize, uh, and not to foam roll forever. That's super tough. I also don't work with those athletes. Um, 
you know, they, they give a lot of pushback. And like my approach is I want to, I want to program for you universally. I want all of it because I can do CrossFit. I know CrossFit. I know performance. I know how to get people to the games. Um, so when I work with you, I want to take over all of it. And a lot of athletes aren't comfortable with that, which is fine, you know, but the master's athletes and the, the crowd that we target through Wad Prep and through the movement doctor, they are really comfortable with that. And so we create this bigger product, but yeah. So, um, but yeah, initially there was probably a lot more kickback, um, you know, and, um, it's funny, I guess, like, uh, number of social media followers makes it people kick back less, I guess. I don't know. You know, I mean, like it's, you like, you, you are more deemed an expert. I would never call myself an expert in, in anything. Um, but you know, as I continue on and, and I guess like continue to put my foot in the CrossFit space, uh, there's less kickback over time. Yeah. I would say it definitely holds authority, like having that, that follower count, like, sure. and I think what, I think you, it's great. Like listening to obviously your approach, like we're on board with that. Like we take that same approach to, to, to care as well. And I think the fact that you can now leverage that, that following that you've built over time, which has taken hard work to then be able to plant those seeds because of that, like, that's awesome. Right. Especially in a space yep. that, I would say maybe not be as open to that as, as they would have been in the past. Right. When, with like what yeah. you're saying with like mobilizations and the supple leopard stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the one question I wanted to ask you was, you know, there's a misconception around CrossFit and that everyone who does CrossFit gets injured. And um, obviously being in the space yourself and like, I've explored it a little bit, like that's definitely not true, but like, why do you think people give that misconception? to the CrossFit world. Well, I think it is true. I actually don't disagree with that, but I think everyone gets injured doing everything. I think that's like the worst argument ever is like we there's, there's good evidence to show that CrossFit is no more dangerous than anything else. Right. And, but the reason why people get that misconception is, is the people who do CrossFit. Right. And it's not their approach or whatever. They, everyone that's in CrossFit is super type a, they're very motivated for themselves and they want to be better. So they seek help as soon as they're hurt, right? Like when you have like your, your bro that goes to LA fitness that hurts his, hurts his, you know, shoulder doing, he just doesn't go seek help, right? He just doesn't do shoulder shit for a couple of weeks and it gets better, right? But it's hard to do that in CrossFit. Why? Because everything is full range of motion, right? Everything is, is not full max range of motion, right? Full flexion all the way to full deep squats. So when you are hurt, it's hard to modify and it's hard to get around that. And because CrossFit coaches think they fucking know everything and they don't. Right. And you know, they, they try, they overstep. They're like, Oh, you must have this. It's like, you don't know. Don't say anything. And so I think it's the, per, the people that are there that seek help more often than not. Right. And uh, because they're the ones they want to get better because of the competitive edge in CrossFit, which has been deemed like the worst part about it. But in my opinion, it's the best part about it. What other situation in life, in all of world of activities and fitness, can the 40 year old mom with three kids go be competitive on a Saturday with her girlfriends? Nothing. And that's why CrossFit's successful, but that's why it gets a bad rap because that 40 year old mom is doing kipping pull ups and she looks ridiculous. But her enjoyment and her satisfaction and her self worth has skyrocketed since she started CrossFit. And that's the most important part. Should she probably be doing strict pull ups more often? Yeah. Should she probably be working on strength? For sure. But because of the competitive, nature of why most people do it right uh that's where it gets the bad rap 
And sure, there's a risk there, obviously. Kipping gymnastics, I'm never going to say like are great for your joints. No, they're not. But they're part of the sport. That's what people love to do. Bull riding is probably not good for you either, but people do it, right? So, you know, you can prepare yourself well to be able to do those things. Some people skip it, right? A lot of people do because they want to do the next thing. But people just seek out help more often, right? They seek care more readily because it's very much ingrained in CrossFit that, you know, you need constant massage work or chiropractor care or dry needling or whatever, you know, the, the pneumatic boots and all of that stuff or complex or power dot or whatever. Right. Because it's ingrained in the community and the society or fucking Theragun, whatever. Right. So, so it's part of the society that's there. I don't think they get injured. The research says they don't get injured more often than any other sport. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, running is still by far the most, like the highest prevalence of injury of any activity that we have, right? But no one says anything about that. You know what I mean? Why? Because it's normal. It's common. It's there. Yeah. It's been a thing forever, right? So yeah, that's my stand on it. Yeah, no, that makes sense though. I, I, yeah, I could see from that perspective. I, I don't, like, I obviously it shows that they don't have more injuries and, and I'm an advocate for CrossFit. I think it's awesome. I think it's the, like, the separation, the, the thing that I think, becomes a struggle is trying to separate for people like the competitive like side of it, like someone who's doing it as a, as their profession versus someone who's using it as a means of fitness and as a means of fitness, like it's, it's all encompassing. It's amazing. Like, you know, I don't think there's a better, like obviously you can always pick and choose and make things more specific to the person, but like their overall premise is amazing for, for people to get fit and in shape and allow them to like challenge themselves. You know, I think what happens is people see these athletes who, have been training their whole, like that's all they do is they train and they right. get prepared to be adapted, to be able to snatch this, this weight, run this far, deadlift right. this much. And they're like, Oh, I'm going to do it. Right. And that's what I right. feel like leads into potentially leading them down the road of like injury um, as, as like a coach and also a therapist in the space. Like, do you educate like some of your clients on that process? Like, how do you go about managing? Like, I feel like load management is a massive thing that you'd probably have a discussion with with people in, in that space. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I mean, that's, that's what, that's what the treatment is, you know, I mean, and this is why I write all the programming because people just don't listen. Uh-huh. So like, instead of, instead of like, so we would start initially, we started the way we were treating people was like, okay, you're going to do class. I'm going to kind of guide you what to do, what not to do in class. And then I'm going to write your rehab stuff. Well, we come to realize that like they're doing fitness, fitness is rehab. It's the same thing. It's just how you apply it. Right. Like a 500 pound squat is for sure rehab for Thor, right? Like if he hurt his knee, like that would be rehab for me and you, for us three combined as one person trying to squat 500 pounds, it would be really hard still. Right. But he squats a thousand. Right. So, so it's like, you know, it, it's, it's very, it's how you apply it. So we've looked at of, instead of, we, we educate. That's all we do. That's if you look at the social media and all our open channels, that's all we do. We give out all of our information for free, but people just don't, it's hard for people to digest it. Right. So our treatment model is basically overtaking their programming and teaching them through basically example, right. You know, so knee pain or, or shoulder pain or whatever. And it's like, okay, we have wall balls today. Well, let's not do wall balls. Let's do a push press. Right. Cause your squat pattern isn't quite there. Right. So we'll do some goblet squats before class. We'll avoid the intensity for the squat pattern. And then after class, we'll do some like, you know, wall sits and maybe some sissy squats or something like that. Right. So, um, 
and and you know that's what the that's what our treatment is is our is load is just legit load management graded whatever you want to call it, allostatic load management right we talk about the whole life and the whole day you know sleep nutrition um uh you know or or pure workout load management uh daily activities you know back hurts probably shouldn't go work two hours in the yard and do Murph today, probably a terrible idea, right? <laughs> just not, just not smart. Like, you know, but people are like, Oh, well I did it. You know, Murph's not that hard for me. It doesn't hurt my back. I'm like, yeah, but you're already fatigued. And now you're going to go work in the yard and be bent over for a long time. Like one of my athletes the other week, and, and this is like, like, you know, very strong was deadlifting uh, Saturday. And then Sunday spent a lot of the time in the yard. Saturday, Sunday woke up, no pain, no symptoms in the yard. And filled up, uh, um, had to work with like a ton, moving a ton of sand and dirt and woke up Monday in like a ton of pain, right? And not because, and it was just because the load, a load outside of training is like what affected her at that time. But, but yeah, I mean, our whole goal is to, is to teach the concept of this like load management, progressive overload, graded exposure, whatever, whatever it is you want to call it, right? You know, it's all the same thing, but that's like the whole goal of our training method is to get people there. And we work with older, older athletes. So our pure volume is just less. Do we train hard? Fuck yeah, we do. Super hard. I want my athletes to be the best. But we know when it's like time to just do Bulgarian split squats and, and you know, kettle and farmer's carries, right? Yeah, it's, it's totally fine. You know, but yeah, I mean, that's the whole premise of what we do. Yeah, and the cool part about that is it, that translates to any, like that, that translates to any population. Like it doesn't have to be, right. doesn't have to be CrossFit. It, it doesn't have to be okay. any of that. Like you could do that same, take that same premise and apply it to someone who's, you know, an older person who just wants to get back to walking, yep. you know, like, and that's, that's a cool part. That's what I really like about like your, your approach. And, and I think that's the approach that we should all be taking in the rehab space, you know? Yeah, I agree. Great exposure. And that's, that's why, you know, like I learned it, I would say like that term directly from like Quinn Pennick at clinical athlete, like in, in the way that he approached um, rehab and, uh, and it can be applied to everything. And that's why I think people, you know, even the ones that like believe this, like mobilizing and this, like, you know, that's what prevents injury and perfect movement is what prevents injury. And, and we've learned that it really doesn't like, that's not, that's not what our, our, our injury drivers are, are probably, um, but graded exposure is, and it's just such a universal approach to all things, pain and fitness, right? You know, like if you're in a lot of pain, we want to slowly expose you back to these painful things. And I call, I, I use the analogy of like climbing a ladder, right? Like you don't just like start at the top, you work your way up, right? Or climbing stairs. And the same thing with like performance, you don't just start snatching. You learn what an overhead squat is. You learn what a back squat is. You learn how to hold the bar, right? You learn what your overhead position should look like. You know, you do it really light and then you add load and then you do the, you know, pieces of the movement, like putting the puzzle together. Um, but, you know, graded exposure is, is everything. It's just like what it, I think it's just like a, a good general approach and it's, and it resonates really well with patients, right? And that's why I've, I've kind of stuck with it because it's all about like getting the patient to buy in, understand what you're saying and believe in that, you know, and it's like, puts them in control and it's like, Hey, we're not going to do anything different. We're just going to take a little more structured approach to it. It might be a little bit slower than you're used to and that's okay. Right. You're still training and doing all the normal things you want to do and, and, you know, X, Y, and Z area, but in a, you know, whether that's like shoulder, hip, knee, whatever, you know, we have to modify here, but we can still fully train elsewhere. Yeah. And, um, I'm curious to like hear, 
like you've obviously been working with people for some time now. Have, have you had people like be like, Oh, I wish I would have been taking this approach like two years ago, you know, or would have been like, I'm training just as hard and just as much as I did in the past, but I feel way better like because of the things that you're incorporating in my plan. Like, do you get that a lot? Cause I feel like there's people in the space that are like, again, type a where they're just pushing and pushing and pushing. They're like, it's just, Mm -hmm. you, you take, Oh, I I have to be in pain to be able to be performing at this, at this level. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, like most of my athletes that I work with, like my one-on-ones are all performance now, but they've been with me for, they all started rehab and they've been with me for over, almost all of them over two years. And, you know, like after in three to six months, like, I mean, does their pain come back sometimes? Obviously we're training hard. They're getting ready for the open, et cetera. Some of them got ready for the games and, you know, we train or Wadapalooza or big competitions, local competitions. Do they go through bouts of pain? Yeah. But, you know, instead of, taking big, big, big chunks out of training. We just take smaller chunks out of it. So yeah. Um, you know, I would say the, the longevity of the athlete is the goal and, and, and they, they feel the same way. I would assume that's why they stuck around after they were quote unquote, not hurt anymore. And they want to stick around for performance. Is this like, uh, the idea between like your rethink your rehab mm-hmm. like, uh, is that one of your big goals to kind of just shift the idea of what rehab is? Yeah, hundred percent. That's the main, that's the main driver behind it. Right. If you look at social media, everything on my social media is like dispelling something, right? Everything, right. It's not really confirming much. Why? Because we don't have a lot of good readily available information to the public. It's just not there. Why? Because it doesn't sell. It's kind of gray. It's like, maybe, you know, it's not like, don't bend over your back. We'll explode. Right. And like <laughs> fires and bombs, and like boom, 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 lasers. And, um, unfortunately that's what everyone sees. So it's like, yes, bending over with a rounded back is safe. Right. So, um, you know, and that's where, um, it's unfortunate that that's like where I would love just to, I don't know, post positive. I mean, like, I feel like we post positive stuff, but it is just like, that's our whole goal is to inform on like what most people, especially where we live. I live in Pensacola, Florida, super conservative. Bible Belt, old school, big military town. And uh, so everything is antiquated. Everything is antiquated, right? And uh, I'm pretty sure people around here still like use diathermy somewhat. He says, I'm just like, what? What? Is that a thing? Put up your hand in a microwave. What's wrong with you? Anyways, um, (laughs) and charge for it. It's amazing what insurance won't pay for and what they will pay for. Um, but, uh, But yeah, so, you know, my whole goal is to just, is to just educate. Like if you, the, the baseline of the movement doctor and, and uh, which is a company, not a personality, I'm trying the hardest to make that a thing is just to, to affect more people. That's like the base, like, you know, internal model of it. We want to affect more people. That's it. Whether that's like financially, we get benefits from that. Great. If not, that's okay. Right. We don't do a lot of call to actions in our, in our social media ever. We don't sell anything. Um, and uh, most of the time it's not, you know, it's very general to, to the public or to a clinician. Um, and that's how we want to keep it because we just want to affect more people, which is one of the main reasons why I went with Wad Prep. Because um, we do the same thing, almost the exact same thing, except like we're trying to continue to push outside the CrossFit space. And within Wad Prep, we are highly affecting the CrossFit space. Um, but, you know, a lot of people have asked me, why, you know, you could have done this on your own. I'm like, you're, dev- you're, you're damn right. I could have. And, you know, a hundred percent of a hundred 
is great, but 10% of a hundred thousand is better, you know, and, um, and, and the goal is to affect more people, right? We want to influence and give positive information and true information to more people. And that's what we do. That's the main goal. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think the, the online space lends amazing to, to that, to that mission. Right. And, and by the sounds of it, you know, you've, you've already been on in the online space for some time. Now everyone's, you know, being forced to the online space, obviously with the current situation. So um, I'm just curious to hear, like, you know, when you're working with, let's say one-on-one with these athletes, like from a virtual standpoint, are you doing, are you just fully in control of their programming? Are you doing like virtual sessions, like through the computer, like through zoom? And like, if you are, how is that like, experience been working with that clientele because i feel like it's a little bit different than maybe if you would work in person with someone sure yeah well i you know to be honest uh it's not for me it was never different like i mean a year after i was out of school like this is what my sessions looked like Mm -hmm. so it it wasn't different for me um you know for uh uh, for joe who's now doing that and we are evaluating people virtually together it's different because he's never done it but he's very comfortable with it because that's how he did it in person anyways. Right. right. So as far as like that, no, you know, it's not, you know, a, a patient's history and most of the patients reaching out to us are very in tune with themselves in general. And they can give us a good enough history. Um, and most of them just need to exercise a little bit, right. Or maybe a little bit less. Right. But, um, but uh, so what we do is we do, we use true coach, right. Which is like a remote personal training app. And, and they do, they submit videos, we watch them, right? And uh, early on in their rehab, it's obviously not as important uh, as like exactly how they're moving, right? We're not really worried about that. But as they progress further, yeah, for sure. If someone's squatting and their knees are like this, I'm not demonizing it saying that's why you're in pain. I'm like, hey, let's just try it a little bit different. Let's do it. We know this is like mechanically a little more sound. You're going to accept a little more load, right? And this is what's going to be a little more comfortable, you know, like, and so, so we don't, for, but for my performance athletes, do I rip apart their snatch every night? Yeah. And I straight up, I'm like, what the fuck was that? That was terrible. It was not what we've done for the last 18 months. You're going to fix it right now. But for someone who's just starting with me, I have a chronic pain patient who's um, uh, a super high anxiety. And um, uh, so, I mean, like most of our stuff is just like talking through the application and, and he walks and does some squats, walks and does some squats, walks and does some squats has some weights at home, does some push-ups, and that's it. That's it. We're just trying to get improve activity. So I don't need to review anything there. But I do I have done live Zoom sessions. I do a couple a week within um and, and wad prep. We have a paywall group. So I teach seminars through Zoom as well, snatch seminar and clean and jerk and um and uh um and I do live sessions with my athletes um sometimes and uh um and so does Joe and it works pretty well. We like it. You know, you can do pretty much everything, you know, I mean, no, you can't do any tactile input, but, but again, most of the time people adjust and they learn readily. They, they learn quickly and, you know, and if they don't, then it just takes a little more time. Is it as effective as far as like speed of response? No, I'm not going to lie and say it is, but it's, it's usually the next best option for people who don't have access to a provider that, that knows that, that understands them and their goals and maybe even their terminology, especially if they're a CrossFitter, right? Most PTs have no idea what a snatch is, let alone how to teach one, right? But that's what's hurting them. It hurts when they snatch, you know, but they can't, 
they can't recreate the PT can't, you know, uh, figure it out or the chiropractor doesn't really understand. We're not addressing that at all. Well, there's a, that's a huge gap. Right. And we fill that gap. Um, but yeah, but I like the, the internet thing. I mean, you know, it's, Sometimes it's a little quiet in the room, but Duke is here. He's my pup and he helps me out a little bit. So awesome. works out pretty well. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And what I've, I mean, what I've started to realize too, and it more and more, it's like sometimes all people really need is that, that context around what they're doing. They need a little bit of guidance in their programming. They need a little bit of understanding of, of pain and when it's okay to push and maybe when you should back off. And they just need that in a plan. And I think it's, it's awesome that you can deliver that in a virtual, in a virtual space, you know, and, and it's, it's not simple, but it is simple. And it's instead of them having to go somewhere and then they get told, well, you shouldn't move this way and you should, you should use this tape and you should use this, you know, whatever. I think it's awesome that we can start to put things into context in a program that can be delivered to people, you know, anywhere that's mm-hmm. going to help them more than if they were to walk into a clinic and not have someone who doesn't know who, what a snatch is, you know? Yep. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I tell everyone pain is super complex, super complex, but rehab is really simple. Right. And it is, it has, should be simple. If it's not, then usually your patient's confused and one of two things are going to happen. They're not going to buy in or they're going to be so dead set on you as the provider. They're going to become reliant and dependent and, I'm kind of young and irresponsible and that's a lot of pressure on me. And I don't want to do that. I want, that, I want it to be, I want them to be independent. I want them to be relying on themselves. I just want to be this guide and just calling plays from the sideline. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of aligns with like, what's what I think like your mission of like educate and empower, rethink rehab, you know, create independence. Like that, that's exactly what you're doing, you know, with that. And I think, virtual again you almost have to do that you know you have to educate them you have to give them the the power to do that and i think that's great like i think that's where the true wins happen so yeah i agree um how's things been like now with this whole covid thing in terms of like your athletes like how and and even you you know training i know i know you you were competing right before like Mm -hmm. as a team right so like how has that been that whole situation been with the crossfit world and, and, and not being able to compete yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you know, it was, I wouldn't say I compete regularly. I like to train really hard, um, probably way harder than I should from like, uh, like where the goals of training could take me and then where my business could take me definitely could put more time into business and like be less exhausted all of the time. Cause I still train hard. Um, but I enjoy it. It's kind of like, uh, it's my, my let go, but I have a full home gym. So, I mean, it didn't bother me at all. I train by myself most of the time anyway. So I wasn't affected. Most of my athletes, um, again, we have a very specific niche um, and a person that we target. So most of them are um, a little bit, you know, more well off and they almost all of them have full home gyms uh, that I work with personally, Um, uh, even the the rehab ones or they own a gym. So it was never really an issue for a lot of them. Um, some of them, yes, for sure. I'd say like 20% had to make big modifications for and train at home. And I mean, motivation's for sure running low for a lot of people. Uh, now it's kind of like getting to the end, but a lot of people are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, um, except those in like the Northeast. I have some people in New Jersey 
in Massachusetts, which they could be on lockdown till like their kids graduate high school or something like that, you know? So, I mean, like it's, it's some, some states are just insane. Right. Uh, so, but for the most part, you know, Florida's back open. The gym's opened on Monday here, um, in, in a lot of States. So, um, most of our people are back in the gym and everyone did pretty well. Um, some people really thrived through it and had a lot of progress. Um, others, you know, really struggled and, uh, they're like, you know, true coach gives like a compliance rate. Everyone's in the red, you know? (laughs) So it's like, it's, it's kind of a hit or miss. Um, but I think everyone managed really well and, um, did okay. My training was good, you know, so I was pretty, I was okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then like, you're saying you had some people that were, were, trying to get to the games and stuff. I know that's that whole situation has changed. Yeah. So the masters, so we didn't have anyone qualify this year. I had athlete close. She was like, so she's 50, 54 masters and she finished like 17th. And, um, uh, so she just missed out top 10, but no, we didn't have anyone qualify this year. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you want to talk about the car, I think they're doing the right thing. And, you know, I mean, I think they're giving a CrossFit games, I think is what he needs to do. And, um, you know, I mean, I've, Dave is, Dave is just such an asshat, you know, the way they go about things. But, um, but, you know, I think having a CrossFit Games is really important and I think they're doing the right thing. And, um, you know, sorry for the Masters and teens and the national champions, but they'll be okay. I know yeah. it's like very unfortunate, you know, but uh, some games is better than no games and you're still going to find the fittest on earth. And that's the most important part. That's the whole, whole purpose of it. Not to get into a CrossFit conversation. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Um, before we wrap up, anything, anything new, anything, you know, coming down the pipe that you have, or is it just keeping her steady? Yeah. Um, so we just made a big push in wad prep, right. Um, uh, made some campaigns for one rehab athletes and, and we had a lot of growth, um, and performance athletes. So I've been on, I don't know, you know, we're trying to raise everyone's, um, roster and we're doing a really good job of it. Same with the trying to get Joe athletes, um, Joe, um, wants to focus through powerlifting and through the movement doctor. We just started a, a Facebook group training through pain. Um, just like a support group, people that, that are fitness goers that want a little bit of help and advice and don't really have anywhere to go. You know, we want to give somewhere, uh, give a place for people to come and ask questions and get good solid advice on how to keep training while they're hurt. Right. And what to do and how to modify or, you know, so, so that's a group, Facebook group that we just started. Um, actually this morning, literally like while we were on the call, Joe's like, do I make it public or private? Like, oh, what's the question? What question do I ask? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, just figure it out. Just launch it. Um, uh, so, um, so yeah, so it, uh, um, so that'll be good. So hopefully we get a little bit of momentum in that group. That'll be nice. Uh, good place just for people to come get simple information, you know, good advice. Um, and again, another free asset, you know, that, that we want to just give people and just affect more people, right. With good quality information. Um, I don't know. Let's see what else. Hmm. Uh, that's probably it. Lots of <laughs> growth, a lot of growth. I mean, the, both businesses are growing really well and I'm super excited about it. Um, running on fumes. COVID was, uh, fortunately very, very good for us, um, as, a business and me and my wife as a family. Um, we grew a lot. Um, we were very fortunate financially through it. So, um, you know, I know the majority of people weren't. Um, and, uh, so we are, 
you know, just like counting our blessings all the time. And, and we're very fortunate to come out um, in a really good place on the other side of this with a lot of momentum into the summer um, and into the fall of, um, you know, courses that might be released through wad prep training through pain, which is basically like a, um, a follow along course. If you're hurt to like how to modify CrossFit to fit you. And that'll be coming out hopefully in the fall. It's of course I've been working on for a really long time and, you know, just haven't shot the videos for, but it's, um, basically everything that we just talked about kind of packaged for someone to digest easily. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Cool, man. That's, I mean, it's, it's awesome to hear that, like, you know, despite all the craziness, like it's been a positive, you know, you're thriving business wise, the family thing's good. Like that, that's awesome, man. I think it's, it's great to hear that. I mean, in times where, you know, there's a lot of down shit, like it's good that, you know, there's positive things happening. And I, I think me and Will both like, as much as it's been crazy, like it's been a good, a good growth for us personally. And, and you know, some things that we have going on. So um, it's really good to hear that, man. And, and I'm, I'm glad we finally got to like hop on and connect and yep. it's been, it's been a good conversation and it just pumps me up to, you know, to continue to talk to people who, who take that, that approach to care, man, like education and empowerment, you know, as well as like going after your own, what you believe in growing your own business, like, you know, being, being a newer grad to the or mm-hmm. newer person into the space like it's awesome and it fires me up so thank you very much cool. for, for hopping on awesome yeah man thanks for having me guys all right talk soon all right see you